The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Jack Whitehall is coming to Ireland with his Settle Down Tour live in Belfast at the SSE Arena on the 6th of October and then here in Dublin at the 3 Arena on October 7th. He is an actor, he's a comedian, he's a writer and he is with me now on the show. Jack, it is a real pleasure and thanks a million for uh, taking the time. Um, I resisted the temptation to, to describe you as a new dad, which I suspect is how you're described everywhere now, is it? Yeah, although, I mean, she's... Four weeks old, so I know I am still a new dad, but I feel like I've aged a lot in that four weeks. So <laughs> I hold on already. Um, how is it? Uh, how is it all going? Yeah, good. Yeah, great. I mean, it's definitely transformed my attitude towards uh, being a touring comedian. In the in the old days, I would look at dread with the prospect of a five hour car journey from my house to Scarborough. And last week I looked at it and thought that is five hours of uninterrupted sleep that I <laughs> cherish. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I, I, I have a long commute every day and, and, and I have to admit, people look at me with pity and I think, you know what? It is beautiful peace and quiet in the car every oh day God. on my way to You're and from work. You're going to see me now at, like, as, I, as I continue to, to tour putting in shows that are further and further away from my house and then are more far flung. Like, I don't know if they've got theatres in like the Shetlands and the Orkney Islands. I might just do like a tour of all of the islands of, uh, of Scotland so that I can just have that car time to myself. Oh, Jack, and what you've got to do is you've got to tie in uh, climate change into that, you know, very zeitgeisty. And you can say you're going to sail between the islands as well. It'll take an awful lot longer. Perfect. Yeah, no, I think that's, that, that's, the, that's the approach certainly for the next tour. Um, is the kind of the schedule of a, a touring comedian? I mean, how conducive is it to helping out at home with baby duties? No, I think you just have to come back and uh, put some points on the board and uh, make sure that you do a couple of uh, dirty nappies and uh, you know, you know, roll your sleeves up. And so I, I've certainly found that since uh, I've been on tour and baby has arrived, that when I come back, that you know, there's definitely no rest. I need to like put in a shift and, uh, um, you know, make up for the the time that I'm uh, away on my uh, jaunts around uh, the globe. I mean, it, it's kind of one of the great equalizers in the world, isn't it? I mean, no amount of success can uh, uh, quite dampen the uh, the the toxic nature of a punami up the back of a baby and stripping them of baby grows at about three o'clock in the morning. Hundred percent. I mean, it's like you just can't fathom how something that small and sweet is capable of producing something so um, evil. And <laughs> you know, you're like, did a like a fifty year old alcoholic trucker like break into the house and fill this nappy up and then wrap it to my child? There's there's no other explanation. It's it's insane. Um, so yeah, I've uh, I've been yeah very much in the trenches in the time that I have been back and trying to help out as much as I can. And I understand uh, using a bit of Westlife to get her to sleep. Yeah, that worked an absolute treat. She was not going down, and then I put on the Westlife, and all of a sudden she was nodding off. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, then it sort of has set a little bit of a precedent whereby the only way I can stop my baby from crying is to play Westlife. So there's been a lot of Westlife on repeat. So. <laughs> and she, she did the, the key change, the famous Westlife key change where they all stand up off their stools when they're on stage. I mean, the, the baby just ignores that and nods off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so can I add, before we get on to the tour and, and, and things like that, I mean, 
the best bit of advice? Because there's, there's no shortage of advice uh, thrown at you as a new dad. So what's the best bit of advice you've gotten? I mean, I, I was hoping for better advice from my dad, to be honest. <laughs> bearing. His main his main concern was that I didn't stand down the business end of things because he said that when I arrived, um, he well he made a reference to the Allied bombing of Dresden, <laughs> but not necessarily an image that I wanted to have in my head. Uh, but there was a lot of chat about that from him, um, and then yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I bought all of the books, but I didn't really read any of them. I guess it's just I was very much like, oh, I imagine when the baby arrives, then I'll. I'll step up to the plate and it'll be sink or swim and hopefully I'll be all right. Um, so, yeah, I didn't do a lot of prep. So I would say probably don't worry yourself too much in the build up to it. Just accept that it's going to happen and then just, yeah. Yeah. Every, everyone be. swims eventually, I guess, in that sink or swim scenario. I was going to ask about the worst advice, but I think your dad has probably sealed that, has he? Yeah. Yeah. By <laughs> talking about my mother's and nether regions, I think, yes. Um. So the tour, tell us about the show, the Settle Down Tour. Yeah, so my show Settle Down, it's like a kind of a reflection of where I'm at in my life at the moment. And um, in the four years since I toured last, I met my partner, we moved in together, we got a dog and I've had a baby. And yeah, I just uh, felt this uh, this kind of shift in, in, in my life and have been talking a lot about that on stage and, uh, you know, doing entering into my sort of uh like dad energy i guess um there are a few dad jokes as well in the show which are a bit tragic i mean i i think i did dad jokes before and i would maybe accidentally chance upon a dad joke and i would do it and it would get a groan from the audience and i'd be like oh i don't want to do that again and the change is that now i get the groan and i'm like oh i quite enjoyed that i quite enjoyed eliciting that reaction and so they remain in the set. So there's definitely some of that creeping in already. And it feels like as well, it's like a swan song for any of the stories that I used to tell about like crazy drunken hijinks and uh, getting up to sort of all sorts of mischief. Um, like I tell a few stories in this tour and I'm like, I'm too old to be doing this now. So it feels <laughs> like I'm closing the chapter on that. How, uh, sorry, how do you kind of balance then um, channeling that kind of um, new dad slash, and I don't want to age you here, but kind of slash early middle-aged man energy, but still wanting a bit of, I guess that needs to be a bit of kind of um, vim and vigor and everything about the show as well. You know, I saw you in Vicar Street, it must be about 10 years ago, and, you know, you were kind of uh, on stage as a lion in The Lion King, a Simba, I think, at one stage uh, on it. So, I mean, how do you kind of uh, keep that kind of uh, manic element in it? Um, while also, as you say, kind of celebrating the new dad, settle down there's, energy. There's definitely still a bit of that, but like there was very much a thought at the end of my last tour. I was like, I don't think I can keep doing these like gimmicks and dressing up <laughs> <laughs> like man child forever. Because I mean, maybe it was already quite tragic, but it feels like it's going to get even more tragic. It felt like there's definitely a shelf life to that. Um, so uh, this feels like quite a transitional show in that there are still some quite big sort of set pieces, but also I can like, I can feel my body reminding me that, you know, I need to kind of make sure that I, I can maybe write some, some jokes that don't require, uh, 
a very expressive performance and like it's going to catch up with me so i don't know yeah it definitely feels like a, a show that definitely has a little bit of like connective tissue to those shows that i that i used to do but I, maybe i am slowing down a little bit and do you enjoy that that um what it's the aging process i guess is what you're describing yeah, well, I also think that the reality is that a lot of my audience have probably grown with me and mm. for so long now that there are probably people that were coming to see me back in the day that were students and they're now a little bit more grown up and have, you know, settled down in their lives. And so you're doing material that they're relating to. And 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 I always like that, that you, that you have like a fan base that sort of grow with you and, um, you know, uh, are all for you adapting your material mm. and talking about what's happening in your life because it's, tends to be what's happening in their lives as well so i think there's an there's definitely an element of that um and yeah i mean also just in terms of like you know i think this is probably the most personal show that i've ever done and i do dig a little bit deeper and talk about some things that maybe i wouldn't have been comfortable about talking about in the past and there's a little bit more kind of not serious but that you know there's there's some there's some sort of yeah just sort of subject matter that maybe i would have shied away from in in the past because i don't think i would have necessarily had the skill to talk about it in a way that was also amusing um and so i've enjoyed that as well that challenge and that that that's another aspect of it that maybe makes it feel a little bit more mature than uh some of the uh more um frivolous shows that i've done in the past Does like that the one where i ended messed up as a lion <laughs> Well, you talk about the audience aging. I mean, I think, like I said, I think that was 10 years ago. And since then, I have two kids and my, my joints kind of creak a little as well. So um, there's uh, that example uh, made manifest. Um, does dealing with those subject matters maybe that you wouldn't have before, I mean, does it make you feel a little more exposed on stage or are you kind of, you know, so comfortable in your own skin now? Maybe it's it's not the case. Yeah, I mean a little bit. I guess uh I guess it's just that sometimes it's it's just the first time or talking about something for the first time on stage is the most daunting. And then the minute you've talked about it and you've you've opened up about it in front of an audience, it's surprisingly easy and you you can't you know imagine why you you sort of struggle to talk about things like that in the first place. So I think yeah, it can be a little bit of a process in 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 the sort of writing period. And and for me it's always just like uh, but being comfortable enough to be able to sit in a routine where you're not getting like a laugh every 10 seconds, uh, but equally like finding that balance whereby you are able to also kind of like release the tension with the audience and make sure that there are enough punchlines along the way and that you're not suddenly just like lapsing into doing a TED talk. So um, it, it's just, you need to be a little bit, it needs a little bit more kind of like um attention and and you need to work work the routines a lot but i've been doing this show for quite a long time now as well which has been nice sometimes it can be a a real kick bollock scramble to get a show written in time but this one i've been able to develop over the course of about a year which has been really nice and it's also evolved quite a lot as i started writing it and you know obviously I mean, it was like last year when I started writing it. And, and then in that time, obviously, we got Roxy got pregnant and we've now had the baby. And with each of these kind of big life moments, have had the chance to sort of slightly refresh the, the set and talk about it and uh, like write new material. And, you know, the, the, the struggle sometimes with these long tours is that you get so bored of the material and 
begin to tire of the sound of your own voice and uh, lose faith in routines and 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 material and and with this it's been quite nice to be able to have a little gap and then come back to it and and give it a sort of fresh lease of life each time I mentioned my own kids, so they, they always ask me in the mornings when I'm dropping them at school who I'm interviewing, and often I don't know, or it might be kind of politicians and things, their eyes glaze over, but it was great. I got to kind of tell them this morning, and this is how I described you to kind of a seven and a nine-year-old, is I'm interviewing, you know, the useless uncle in Clifford, the big red dog? So they're absolutely delighted um, uh, with that. But it, it does make me think of, you know, you've got that, um, Jungle Cruise, Robots, The After Party, a couple of those movies as well, I think sequels in the works. I mean, to what extent is that now the main job and and kind of comedy is the other stuff or, or, or like is this, is kind of doing big concert arena tours, is that still kind of the bread and butter for you? I mean, I love doing those movies and I love working as an actor as well. And I do also think that they, they do complement each other very well. I mean especially from a sort of writing and an improvisational point of view, when I'm doing stand-up and I'm on the road and I'm doing gigs all of the time, I find my mind is so much sharper. And I'm so much better then as an improviser. I'm so much better when I'm, you know, kind of writing and stand-up keeps that part of your brain very attuned. So I, I feel like it's always something that I want to be able to do uh, and, and to keep doing. And um, it's also something that I miss, like, doing films like that is great but you are sat on set for months on end they sometimes take years to come out you're beholden to an editor and producers and a lawyer at disney who's you know killing some of the jokes that you've <laughs> made and you know or, or improvised or tried to chuck out there and you know it's quite a con confined sandbox that you're playing in and that's what's so liberating about being able to do stand-up is it's just you and an audience and you're kind of unshackled and and I really love love being able to do that as well. And I think it sort of keeps me sane and uh, it's something that I will always find myself drifting back towards. And can you be completely unshackled in today's world or do you have to be kind of conscious of there's certain areas I really don't want to stray into? Well, there, there are certain things that I don't feel an urge to want to talk about. I mean, I have a whole routine in, in my current show about how I find it unfathomable that there seem to be so many comedians that are looking at certain debates within the culture wars and thinking, oh, yeah, that's a hill that I want to die on. And I can't, for the life of me, understand why you would want to devote your life to to that or, you know, put your entire sort of reputation on the line for, for such things. And so, you know, it on the whole, I, I, I've tended to steer clear or at least you know, sail close to the wind when it comes to talking about contentious subject matter, but not, you know, willingly step over the line or, or try to kick the hornet's nest um, just because it's not something that I necessarily enjoy. Um, but, I mean, I'd say I'm slightly more conscious of, of what I say than maybe what, what I was 10 years ago. Um, I think I've got a slightly better uh filter and i'm also just good at probably interrogating my routines a little bit more than i used to be i think back in the day i maybe would more uh readily go for some low-hanging fruit whereas now i would uh mm. at least give it some careful consideration before 
going for it. <laughs> well, listen, as I said right at the outset, uh, Jack is going to be on stage twice here in Ireland, the 6th of October in the SSE Arena in Belfast, and then the 3 Arena in Dublin the following night, October 7th. The good news is there are tickets still on sale. The bad news is they are selling fast. So if you want to get your hands on them, do it now. Jack, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. And it's great news as well. There's nothing else going on at eight o'clock on Saturday. Um, in... no, nothing, nothing in no. Ireland is happening on Saturday night that uh, might be worth watching. <laughs> I imagine it's going to be you know, just all. <laughs> oh, my God, carnage. <laughs> yeah, it might be. I remember going to exactly where you're going to be playing. I remember going to see R.E.M. play many years ago. and Michael Stipe had to wear an Irish rugby jersey because the team were playing elsewhere. That was the only recognition made of what we all should have been doing that night. But anyway, listen, Jack, best of luck with it. All right. Thanks so much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.